Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here is Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good afternoon. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Let's pray for souls. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're crying out for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman, in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, their past, present, future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members, all great-grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members. By faith, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord Jesus Christ, please reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman, and they would humble themselves before you, repent of their sins, receive you, Lord Jesus, as Savior and Lord, and be gloriously born again from above. And please, Father, get every person into a good Bible-believing, teaching church. They would then be baptized in water, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Every Christian would become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're decreeing that all the demon-possessed and demonized and captives are being set free and all the sick are being healed from every sickness and every disease. And your people, Lord Jesus, are receiving and walking in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham, whom God blessed in all things. And we agree for it in Jesus' name. But also, Father, we love the Jewish people so much. We pray that the scales and blinders would be removed from their hearts and minds. They would see that Jesus Christ is their Messiah and Savior and Lord and be born again from above. We agree with your word. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We also agree with you, Father, that they have an eternal covenant to all the land of Canaan. So please restore all the land to them. Keep them safe, Lord, and give them total victory, Lord, as we believe your word declares in the Psalm 83 war and the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. Give them total victory, Father God, and yes, Lord, destroy their enemies. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to take a few minutes and talk about end times and things like that. But again, we also want to remember there's a lot of terrible, wicked things going on in our nation that we need to pray against. So let's just have a little bit more prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, we come against uh, Joe Biden and the Fed now trying to establish this digital currency, Father. It's from the pit of hell. It's part of the end-time one-world government. We pray that you'll send their plans into confusion and derision. Father God, they would not be able to come into agreement, and you'll raise up millions of people to cry out against it, and there would be no digital currency until after the rapture of the church and the dollar bill would remain strong. Also, Father God, we pray there'll be no more viruses or pestilences. Don't let those labs create those wicked things. If they try to do it, Father, send more tornadoes and 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 send fires and burn them down, Lord. Take them out, Father God. Don't let them destroy our country. And please, Father, secure our borders. Father, we just found out over 7 million people have come across our borders illegally. Father, many of them are terrorists. 
drug dealers, sex traffickers, foreign soldiers, people that have come forward to destroy our nation and take it out. Father, drive them out of this country and allow only those to come back in who come according to your will and purpose and according to our laws and constitution. But also, Father, protect our power grid. Don't let anybody touch and take out our electricity, our gas, our oil, our coal, Father God. We thank you for fossil fuels. We decree, Father, that the Keystone Pipeline is going to be reinstituted. And, Father, the illegitimate government we have right now will be replaced with a legitimate government. And we're decreeing this in Jesus' name. And also, Father God, uh, we pray that you would bring divine justice in America. Those who have broken our laws and constitution and are hiding out, Father God, and trying to uh, turn this country into something that you hate, you will, Father, expose it and you will bring justice. And, Father, the fear of God will come back to America. And, Father, don't also don't let them contaminate our food, our water, our plants, our animals. Don't let them put any of that mRNA material in any of these things, Father. Keep our food and water pure. And, Father, we desperately need rain. We cry out, Father. We call forth those cooler temperatures. We call forth abundance of rain. We pray that all the farms in America will get the rain they need to grow their crops. And the ponds will be full, Father. Our plants and uh, animals will be watered and taken care of, Lord. We cry out. We need your help and we need your blessing. So we just commit all these things to you in prayer. And we believe you're bringing it forth. So we thank you for it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. Isn't that exciting? Remember, if you're a born-again believer, you love Jesus, the next big thing on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. He's taking us out there. Isn't that exciting? Remember what happens when the church is raptured out? That begins the seven-year tribulation. The Antichrist and the false prophet will arise. And again, they, we agree that they'll probably come out of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, because they are committed to that one world government. Remember what they've said? I mean, the devil tells you what he wants to do up front. Uh, they're saying by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy, which means just a handful of people will own everything in the world. You'll be their slaves. And again, they think there's too many people. So instead of having 7 billion people, they're going to use pestilence, plagues, weather, whatever they can do to kill off, uh, I guess it would be now 6.5 billion people to get the earth back to 500 million people. They think they're gods. But again, they're Luciferians. They serve their god, the devil. And what does the devil do? He steals, he kills, he destroys. So we'll be watching that from heaven again. In heaven, we'll be going through the judgment seat of Christ. We'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, how exciting that will be. Fellowship. Oh, wonderful. And then at the end of the seven years, we'll come back with Jesus on white horses. Jesus opens his mouth and literally obliterates the Antichrist and the false prophet. And literally millions of people will try to attack Jesus and he obliterates them. In fact, the, it says the, the blood will be up to a horse's bridle for many, many miles. That just shows you if you follow the devil, you're in trouble. And remember, you are, if you're a globalist, you're going to hell because you'll take the mark of the beast, you'll listen to Antichrist and false prophet, and you're damned forever. So repent right now, get saved, uh, become the nationalist, become a person who loves God and loves this country, and again, you'll be in heaven one day, very soon.
because things are falling apart. So let's now begin and look at four predominant sin issues that people have. Fear. You know, fear is a sin when it keeps you from doing what God calls you to do. You know, the Lord tells us over and over again not to fear not. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, and I proclaim it, and I proclaim it over myself and you right now, Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yes, I will help thee. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, just stand on that promise. We never have to be afraid, okay? Men, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I believe that's Proverbs 28.1. We need to be bold in this day. We're not to compromise between right and wrong. If it's right, we say it's right and wrong, and we base everything on the Word of God, which is absolutely perfect. Remember, Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what has he given us? Power, power, dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, and of love, and a sound mind. That's what you have. Claim that today. You know, one of the greatest fears, uh, and sad to say, is the fear of man. We see that going on today. We see that, you know, with the COVID. Remember the bioterrorism weapon, uh, the virus and the vaccination, which were ordained to kill millions of people, and they have, and they're still killing millions of people. But the thing is, uh, many people were talked into not only taking that, which, which brought destruction to their immune system, and uh, many, many have died. In fact, young people are dying by the groves. Young athletes who have taken this virus are just dropping dead with heart attacks. Unheard of, but again, they took the jab. But we need to beware of the fear of man. Notice Proverbs chapter 29 Verse 5, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Don't be afraid of man. Never be afraid of man. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoever trusteth in the Lord shall be safe. So we realize that uh, we can trust God. I'm sorry, that's Proverbs 29, 25. I'm sorry. Got the wrong scripture here on that. Proverbs 29, 25 the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Don't fear man. You know, even the early church, the religious—I mean, the religious leaders told them to shut up. The political leaders told them to shut up. And no, they say we fear God. We're going to tell people about Jesus. We're there now. It's the same situation. You have to decide, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to obey Him, and when the government tells me to do anything that is harmful to me, my family, or against the Word of God, I will not do it or go along with it. Isn't that sad? We've come to the day that you have to disobey the government because you're a Christian and you obey God? (laughs) Praise God for all the Christians who prayed and didn't take the vaccine. Thank God for that, Father. So we know millions of people won't be dying because of that, and we praise God for that. And remember, you can pray, you can, you can pray and, and God can supernaturally take that out of your system if you've taken it because of people lying to you or whatever reason. 
So there's nothing too hard for God, but you're going to have to deal with it if you took it. Notice the Bible even tells us in the New Testament, is there any one thing we're supposed to fear? Well, we're supposed to fear God. Notice 1 Peter 2.17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Did you hear that? Fear God. I believe what's missing from the church today is a fear of the Lord. Some people say, well, that was just in the Old Testament. Would well, you notice that I'm reading the New Testament, which tells us to fear God? Have a reverential awe for God that causes us to hate sin and to love righteousness and to not want to disappoint him? Well, maybe that wasn't enough for you. Let's just go to Hebrews. That's New Testament, right? Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore, we, wherefore receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. Oh, talking about the covenant of grace. Let us have grace by which we will, may serve God acceptably. Oh, well, that's what I want to do. How about you? How? With reverence and godly fear. Notice verse 29, New Testament, under grace. For God is a consuming fire. He hasn't changed Remember Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Remember right here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. He's perfect. We are to fear him. I'm afraid some people have used grace as an excuse to do whatever you want. But you know, if you fear the devil or you fear man, you know it will always paralyze you and you won't be able to do anything. Remember, Peter warned us himself in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. So see, God tells us, just like the devil messed with Jesus, the devil tries to mess with you and I. And so Peter is warning Christians that they need to be spiritually alert at all times. In fact, Paul told us in Ephesians 6, we need to put on that whole armor of God, and I do day and night. How about you? Because the enemy is real. He's not dead yet. And we have to defeat him. We have to enforce the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Notice what Peter says. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion. Yes, he's noisy, and his people are too walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, did you ever think about the fact he already owns the lost people, so the people he's trying to devour is born-again Christians. Well, what can you do about it? Here it is. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That means you're a born-again believer. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren there in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. So we have to deal with the devil, but we're never to fear the devil. We submit to God, James 4, 7. We resist the devil and he flees. If he gets inside a person and needs to get out, we cast him out in Jesus' name. We have that authority and we have the Holy Spirit. You see, you need to understand the Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus, the third person in the Godhead, also empowered the 12. The same Holy Spirit that empowered the 12 empowered the 70. The same Holy Spirit that empowered the early church empowers you and I today. 
Only one Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit, a person, not an it. So that's why we can do, as Jesus said, who never lies, his works and greater works. That's John 14, 12. So we're never to fear man. We're not to fear the devil, but we are to have a reverential awe and fear of God. You know, I love and um, pretty regularly, and I, I can almost say almost every day, I proclaim Psalm 91 over my family and uh, many times our church family. But notice concerning fear, what it says here in verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid, fear, for the terror by night, which is real, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, that's real, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, that's real, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near thee. Put your name in the blank. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. So we're not to be afraid. The dangers are real. We're not pretending. This is a day of great danger. But God the Father, Jesus Christ his Son, the Holy Spirit, and the holy angels he has assigned to you and I are protecting us. They're watching over us. They're keeping us safe. They're showing us where to go, what to do, what to say, so we can avoid the snares of the devil and we can live out our full life and purpose and destiny we have in the Lord and then not do it in fear. So get out of fear. Fear is a sin. Give up fear. Decide you're going to please the Lord and that's just the way it is. Praise God. The second one is hatred. Now, hatred, we kind of need to explain a little bit. We are to hate sinful things. Let me prove that to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. You know what that means, play acting? Okay. Abhor that which is evil. Okay, that's a strong word for hate. Abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. So we are to hate evil. That's what the Bible says. In fact, even going back to the uh, Old Testament, let's go to Psalm uh, 97, I believe it's uh, verse 10. God tells you and I we are supposed to. Yeah, here it is. Psalm 97, 10. Ye who love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. So we are to hate evil things, okay? I hate the corruption that's going on in Washington. I hate that our government is sending children to hell by teaching them sexual perversion and transgenderism is okay. I hate that. But we still can't hate people. We just need to ask the Lord to stop their evil, shut them down, get the devil out of them. I mean, you understand that. Jesus made it quite clear, okay? We can't, we can't hate people, but we can hate the things they do. And ask God to shut them down, because God is the author of shutting down evil, okay? Matthew 5, 43. Ye that love the Lord, well, I mean, sorry, Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, okay? But I say unto you, Jesus Christ, Love your enemies. We have to love them. That means we got to forgive them. 
Yes, we say what they're doing is evil. We try to get it stopped through the means that God gives us, but we still have to love them. Let me read again. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Again, that hate you. In fact, you know, when it talks to hate, we can hate evil, but we can't hate people. But Jesus tells us up front that the people who are in the devil's camp, they will hate you. Because there's fathers of the devil, and the devil is full of hatred. Do you understand that? But we are to agree with God and hate evil things. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them who despitefully use you and persecute you. Boy, that's a tall order. And you can only do that by the grace of God and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you that scripture in John 15 to remind you that I don't understand now that I'm serving Jesus. There's people that just don't want to hang around with me. My old friends have given up on me because I won't do the same things they do. And I find that if I mention Jesus in the Bible, many people don't want to have nothing to do with me. Well, notice what Jesus told us, John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, and you used to be until you got saved. The world would love its own, okay? But because you you are not of the world, but I have chosen you. Oh, pray, thank you, Jesus, for choosing me. Has he chosen you? Are you saved? He chose you. <laughs> I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So the world system hates you once you're a Christian. Why? Because you call good, good, and evil, evil. And they don't like that. And in today's political climate, they'll just take you off the, they'll take you off the air. There's very few venues now you can preach the word of God and say, this is right, God says so. This is wrong, God says so. Praise God for KNEO. And there's other Christian stations, but so much. These days, because the devil has taken over the White House, part of the end times, but again, we're going to claim, we're claiming it back. So good is called evil, evil is called good, and, and the people who say what's right are persecuted or sometimes killed. Did you know that? Put in jail. <laughs> they get prosecuted because... The devil still kills and destroys, and his people do also. Isn't that sad? And then the, another predominant sin is sexual sins. Boy, we could talk about that for a couple of days. We'll at least get into it a little bit in 1 Corinthians 6, 13. Foods for the body and the body for foods. But God shall destroy both, both it and them. Now the body, he's talking to Christians, is not for fornication. Sexual sin, okay. The only sex that is blessed of God is one man and one woman in the marriage covenant. Everything else is dirty, nasty, and sinful. Premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, bestiality, all of them sinful. You've sinned against God 
and you sin against your body. Let's continue. But for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And the God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. You see, if you're a born-again believer, well, yeah, I know my spirit belongs to God. And yeah, I know my soul belongs to God. But you mean my physical body is part of the members of Christ? I'm reading it to you. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. You know that means no, right? Strong no. What? Know ye not that he who is joined unto a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. You see, if you one flesh with someone that's not your spouse, then that creates a soul tie, okay? And that has to be broken off, the repentance. You've run one flesh with someone who is not your spouse that God puts you together with, okay? Verse 17, that the he that is formed joined into the Lord is one spirit. Again, verse 18, flee fornication. Flee all sexual sin. Every sin that a man doeth is outside the body, but he that committeth fornication, sexual sin, sinneth against his own body. That means it's a special kind of sin that is dangerous. You know, you can get sexually traumatic transmitted diseases that will kill you, make you sterile, do all sorts of terrible things to you, bring the judgment of God upon you. So you need to repent now. He is merciful and gracious if you'll fess up and repent. And here's the the greatest indictment, verse 19. What? Not talking to Christians. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, lives in you as a born-again believer. So if you have sex outside the marriage covenant, you've involved the Holy Spirit into fornication, adultery, perversion. Oh, you better repent of that. Not good. Sin. Yes, you can be forgiven. God is merciful in this life if you'll repent. But once you repent, you stop doing it, right? What, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have of God? You got when you got saved. And you are not your own. We forget that. I don't own me. God owns me. I ask him to own me. Remember, I repent of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord. I give my life to you. I asked him to take over my life. So did you if you really got saved. Notice verse 20. For you are bought with a price. I'll tell you what the price was. Jesus' life, his precious blood. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, once you are born again from above and Jesus is your Savior and Lord, you know and understand Lord, I can only have sex with that man or woman that you have placed in my life to marry. And we're supposed to have children and raise up families. And it just is supposed to keep on going. And that's all backwards now. You understand that, don't you? Remember, there's only two genders, male and female. And God created woman to be a helpmate for man. 
the parts fit. That's all I'll say about that. Otherwise, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It's sin. It's sick. And you need to repent of it. And you can be delivered. Praise be to Jesus. So, are you struggling with fear, hatred, or sexual sins? Let's get it under the blood of Jesus. If you're not saved, let's get saved. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We repent of every time we've operated in fear. And instead of fearing you, Lord, we feared people or the devil. Forgive us, Father, from all hatred, for hating people. Yes, Lord, thank you that we can hate evil, but we're not to hate people. And Lord, repent of all sexual sin in our life. Any sexual sex we've had outside the marriage covenant, forgive us, cleanse us, wash us in your precious blood. And yes, Lord Jesus, reign in each one of us as our Savior and Lord. We thank you for it now. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.